Good morning, and welcome to my podcast on Simple Faith. Hey, it's so good to be with you again on this Monday morning, and I can think of no better way for us to start the week than in the Word of God. To set aside everything on our agenda, to set aside the things that press upon us, and just relax in the peace and the presence of God Almighty. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity of spending time with you. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that the Holy Spirit directs our thoughts, gives to us understanding, and shows us the way in which we ought to walk. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open our hearts that we might receive this word, that you would open our minds that we might understand the word, and most of all, open our lives that we might be obedient to the word, and that we would take this word as you apply it to our lives and share it with those that know you and those that don't know you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, friends, turn with me to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, beginning at the 21st verse. I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. And in Acts chapter 19, beginning at the 21st verse, we read these words. When these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in the Spirit, when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he sent into Macedonia two of those who ministered to him, Timothy and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a time. And about that time there arose a great commotion about the way. Let me pause just for a moment and say, the way was another word for Christianity back in that day. He was the way. He was the truth. He was the life. And so they began calling it the way. Verse 24. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, who made silver shrines of Diana, brought no small profit to the craftsmen. He called them together with the workers of similar occupation and said, Men, you know that we have our prosperity by this trade. Moreover, you see and hear that not only at Ephesus, but throughout almost all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, saying that they are not gods which are made by hands. Let's pause and let's reflect on this for a moment. Look what Paul, or look what Demetrius is saying about Paul. Paul has gone about preaching one message. The message was this, Jesus is the Christ. He preached Christ and Christ crucified for our sins and yet risen from the dead so that we might have life and have it eternal. His message was effective. Wherever he went, there were multitudes of people who came to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And the word was beginning to spread about what Paul was doing. His reputation preceded him. And Paul said to the people, not only is Jesus the Christ, 
but all these other false gods and idols, things that you're making with human hands, they're not gods at all. They're simply a creation of mankind. Let me ask you to reflect on this for a moment. What kind of a God would you be serving if you could create him with your own hands? If you could create him in your image, according to your designs, what kind of a God would it be? And why would you entrust that created thing as being God of your life, ruler of your life, director? Let's pick up in verse 27. So not only is this trade of ours in danger of falling into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificence destroyed whom all Asia and the whole world or the world worship. Friends, can man destroy God? No, not if he's the true God, not if he's the living God, not if he's God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. They're trying to defend their livelihood is what this is all about. They're defending that which really has no defense at all. Verse 28, Now when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is, the, is Diana of the Ephesians. So the whole city was filled with confusion. Friends, when you and I worship the true God, there is no confusion. There's no doubt. There's no discord. There's harmony, there's peace, there's clarity. And yet these that were worshiping a false God were worshiping something that caused confusion. So the whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the theater with one accord, having seen seized Gaius and, and Aristocrus and Macedonians, Paul's traveling or travel companions. And when Paul wanted to go to the temple, the people, the disciples would not allow him. Then some of the officials of Asia, who were his friends, sent to him pleading that he would not venture into the theater. So therefore, cried one thing, some therefore, verse 32, cried one thing and some another. For the assembly was confused, and most of them did not know why they had come together. Isn't that a shame? And isn't that indicative of much of what's going on today? People are gathering together. They are disputing things that they have no clue as to why they're disputing them. They're wanting to do away with history without realizing what they're doing or why they're doing it. Friends, people back then faced that same situation. They came together against the way. They came together against Paul's message that Jesus is the Christ. And as they came together, they weren't really sure as to why they came together. They weren't sure what this was all about. 
They were confused. Verse 33. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander motioned with his hand and wanted to make his defense to the people. But remember when we see that word, there's a transition. Something's about to happen. But when they found out that he was a Jew, all with one voice cried out for about two hours, great as Diana of the Ephesians. You see, people who disagree with us want to drown out what we have to say. They want to have their say. They want to express their thoughts, their feelings, their emotions. But heaven forbid if anyone else be given the opportunity to talk about anything other than what they all agree with. In other words, those who are willing to dispute what they have to say. And it says, when they found out that he was a Jew, knowing that he worshiped the true God, they cried out, great is Diana of the Ephesians. Verse 35, and when the city clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, men of Ephesus, what man is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is temple guardian of the great goddess Diana and of the image which fell down from Zeus. Therefore, because we know these things, in other words, since these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples nor blasphemers of your goddess. Therefore, because they're not these things that you think that they might be or evildoers, therefore, if Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a case against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. Verse 39, but if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in the lawful assembly. For we are in danger of being called in question for today's uproar. There being no reason which we may give to account for this disorderly gathering. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. Here was a man of reason. Here was a man who saw what was going on and how what was going on was going to bring shame to their purpose. But again, it calls into question. If God is almighty, if God is sovereign, and he is, why does he need to be defended? Why would the people have to come into an uproar in order to defend the God they serve? Friends, today we have the opportunity of bringing about change in this world. And the way that we're going to do it is by worshiping and serving the true and living God. Paul preached about him. 
You've accepted him into your life. And now we live for him daily. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for those that are listening to this podcast. I pray a blessing upon them. I pray, Heavenly Father, that the Holy Spirit would open their hearts and their minds. And that as they reread this chapter, as they reread Acts 19, beginning at the 21st verse and reading to the end, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would illuminate their hearts and minds. Give to them how this word applies today to their life, to their situation. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, friends, so good to be with you once again. I'm going to ask a couple of favors. First of all, would you pray for me and pray for my mom and my brother? We are going to be traveling up to South Carolina. My brother's going to be moving there, and we're going along as a help. And so would you just pray for our safety? Uh, Pray that uh, we will not conduct any uh, illness from this journey and uh, that the Lord will bless us. And then I'm going to ask, would you share this message with your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, your co-workers? Would you retweet it? Would you put it on Instagram or share it on Facebook? I thank you once again. I love each and every one of you because God loved you first. Until tomorrow, may God bless.